1: It's Ebro in the
2: morning with Laura Stiles and Rosenberg. Ebro, Laura, Rosenberg. Good morning, everyone, and um, I'm very excited. I just took over. I I said I told Ebro and Laura to chill because my dude is here. The one and only Cody Rhodes is in the building. And in New York, Barclays Center tonight,
3: when was the last time Cody Rhodes appeared on a Raw in New York? Uh, Gosh, I mean... Whether it be Barclays or whether it be MSG, I think it has been six, seven years.
2: What is, is what kind, of, what what does it feel like right now? Like just being back. Um, first of all, your comeback a, a year ago was amazing, but now coming back again after injury, are you just psyched to get there to get to
3: work every week? It's it's one of these things where. I really, I didn't like the final month before I came back in the first place. I really couldn't sleep anyways. I was having to try everything I possibly could just to quiet my mind down and go to sleep because I was really giddy, very giddy about returning to, to wrestling. I don't know if giddy is the most masculine of words, <laughs> but uh, very giddy. And But also at the same time, giddy is what got me in trouble, lifting and just going nuts because I was so excited and I felt so much responsibility. Uh, this time I've I've just tried to... Be calm and cool, and come in and 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 do my thing, and and help in the best way I can. Not that WWE needs help, but uh, it did feel like there was this absence uh, on Raw, perhaps. And I'm really glad I could. Maybe it was just my absence, and I'm glad to jump back in and and take that responsibility.
2: Well, I, I think the abs. I think the second you showed up after at Mania last year. Mm-hmm. I think immediately fans were like, "Oh, we needed a guy like this to root for on Mondays." Like that it's a 3-hour show it and is. you know and and then SmackDown of course has been Roman's show for a very long time. Yeah. He was driving that show from an entertainment standpoint for so long. Raw did actually need something else. So when you showed up and you made that impact and then you went away, yeah, I think you were missed right
3: away. You could feel uh, an absence that there was no Cody. It's nice it's nice to be missed and uh I, having grown up in the company, I appreciate SmackDown for all it is and being on Fox and all that wonderfulness there, but Raw is still the flagship show, it, it, I, and it almost seems like a, a, maybe a younger generation of fans. Some of the kids, for example, that we have at the Nightmare Factory, I ask, hey, what are you watching, and this and that, I feel, feel maybe they forgot. That it's the flagship show and i mean it's the flagship show you've got bianca on there you've got seth on there you got becky on there i'm back on there and plus there's so much crossover we're in the mania season where the walls are down anyways you don't know what's going to happen paul heyman last week but for it to be the flagship show cena being one of my biggest role models in the business that's kind of the individual you want to pattern your steps after and he's one that i've tried to do that and be very proud of being on raw being back on raw before you went to AEW. I was fascinated was it Rolling Stone who wrote the big article Rolling Stone Rolling Stone article yeah they came what, to Hammerstein to watch us to watch us do our thing yeah. and the
2: story they they told though about you and your dad and then what you wanted to accomplish it's really what actually made me invest more into oh. what was happening with uh, you and the emergence of aew um did it did that whole thing, before we get to what you're doing now, yeah. did that
3: whole thing go essentially go as you would have hoped it would have? I think um, nothing really, a lot of people will look at it now and be like, what a plan, what a master plan. There really wasn't a plan. You know, the first goal I had in the entire business, and this is an honest, true goal, I was able to share this the night after WrestleMania, was I was eight years old. And I wanted to win the WWE championship because my dad had never won it. And I wanted to hand it to him. That was the first goal I'd ever had. And now on the road to WrestleMania, have this opportunity to do part of that goal. But after I left from um, my first run with WWE, my goal was really about connection. You, you know, sometimes when I had grown up in the WWE system, so I felt like maybe I hadn't reached across the aisle enough. Maybe I hadn't done a lot, enough grassroots. And that, then it became, I mean... Uh, small spoiler, I guess, I I was trying to come up with this idea for a weight belt, for a very specific PLE or pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it, where I wrote every independent promotion I worked at on it. Uh, Because that was the most important thing I did, was this connection with these fans and and getting to know them and grassroots. And and that became really my bread and butter. But then a plan still hadn't developed. So I I can't say it went the way I thought or it went the way I did. I didn't think as much as I'm just really proud of every step on the way. It was very much a broken road and very much you think you're going in a straight line to reach your destiny or your path, but you're, you're all over the place. I think I said that, you know, you often find your destiny on the, the road you take to avoid it. Um, so, so my plan was win the WWE championship. Then my second plan was do the most you possibly can for wrestling. Uh, make sure guys and girls are getting paid paid more make sure that the infrastructure is better make sure that their structure So as far as that I think we did accomplish that and uh, I was part of accomplishing that so when you gave you Yeah, cre- you created I
2: think undeniably, you know regardless of how you feel about each product mm-hmm. by doing what you guys did You created another place. Like, this is why I always argue that the existence of AEW is good for WWE. Sure. You created another place where people can work on television and make money and develop their craft. They may not do it always in a way that I think I regularly watch and go, well, that wouldn't work at WWE. And those things can be taught. But I still think it's valuable when there's more jobs for people to get and that if it doesn't work out for you in the WWE system, you're just not the fit. There's another place to aspire to go to. Um, Yeah. Independent wise and then importantly to get TV as well Um, because that's an important piece Like a lot of people may be great on the indies But when they show up at TV and have to figure out how to deal with cameras, it's a whole different operation
3: It is I almost look at it like different forms of education whereas WWE is the biggest the best. I mean you were looking at Patrick Mahomes this morning holding his version of the, the WWE title after after winning the Super Bowl but it's a hundred I'm glad I hope you don't have to argue that with many people it's absolutely good for the industry to have these options because sometimes critics of of what we do think oh they're this is who this person is oh he's stardust he's always stardust Oh, he's dashing Cody Rhodes he's always this gosh no really you don't you don't finish where you start it's all about learning and shaping and and owning your mistakes and failures—the the greatest teacher—and I, I definitely hit some speed bumps and tripped quite a bit uh, in my my final final year away. But coming back without all of that, I wouldn't have been—I feel like—as complete as I am now. But it's absolutely nice to have those options. Um, again, there's no war, no war, uh, especially amongst locker rooms. If you're putting your boots on girls and boys, we're we're bonded. We're brothers and we're sisters. Uh, there's no war that's a real yeah.
2: point that's missed by fans a lot That like yeah. I don't like don't, I, I can't emphasize enough how like everyone's just it's a small industry so like Very. everyone wants their friends to be successful no one's being like I really hope obviously everyone wants to be the best themselves um, I will say uh, last thing on your on your uh, your past prior to coming back to WWE um, what obviously you took some friendships with you though that are pretty tight uh, everyone yeah. knows you're really tight with Ricky Starks. Um, Um, apparently uh, everyone knows that that, that that. weird security cam (laughs) photo uh, or whatever it was yeah interesting how that got out there Mm. Um, but uh, is there anyone else that you like I'm sure there's lots of people but anyone else in particular that you have a
3: relationship where you've given them imparted them with lots of uh, advice and wisdom I mean there was a huge group of that was my favorite part about having that job was the the leadership aspect of it i don't don't know if i was good at it or not but i we had well some
2: would some would say it appeared that after you left things got a little worse so
3: well i mean like we had we had like a book club we would uh it's not a place wrestling books or all kinds of just all kinds of books like batman hush was a graphic novel was like the first one um we'd pass out biographies to to younger guys and girls that maybe didn't get that experience and i'm i'm not the person who wrote that book so they're and maybe that person's passed on, but I know I had talked to them so they can get something from this. Um, I, I honestly consider everybody there somebody, even people who are there now who they're in this this company that that I helped create. I'm proud of, in a sense, um, just because that's a cool feather in your cap. But I mean, I all of them, I don't look at them so much from an aspect of friendliness. I'd say like Wardlow and I are friends but the other ones i look at from the aspect of they were they were i don't want to say students because they weren't but i was able to help them so i'm i'm proud of them in that sense in terms of as they develop promos and as their matches change and as their physiques come alive guys and girls it was i mean it was a pretty long list uh even the ones that were a little bit you know wrestlers and creators sometimes were like this you know button heads on putting stuff together, but even those ones, I still have a feeling of of pride over, and I'll never not um I don't expect any of them to raise their hand and be like, "Hey, Cody, really helped me. I for a minute did and took it a little personally that 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 didn't happen, but that's not why you give no. And you and you rarely get that back. Right, you get you give blindly. Most of, especially wrestlers. And then when you die, yeah.
2: you get really nice tweets.
3: So I always say like this big fear I had and now it's gone. I don't have this fear anymore. But my dad's career was really revised while he was alive. Just the other night I'm talking to Paul Heyman about this 2000 ECW run. That was a period where everyone had like ostracized him from the industry and and then he passed away, and all those same people wrote the nicest, kindest things, and they kind of gave him his due. And WWE continues to give him his due because his kids are out there still, not me, I'm the ones he – Paul mentioned it. People like Roman. People like Kevin. People like Sammy. Everybody,
2: everybody yeah.
3: So uh, I was always f- afraid that maybe my contributions from that perspective will be denied. But again, that's not why you give – and in this era of everyone's got the receipts, half the events and things like last time we spoke, we were speaking about something differently. It's all on the record what we did. So I don't need to worry about it anymore. I just need to worry about what I do next. I totally appreciate that. Believe me, like that's something I I think I appreciate your honesty
2: about that because I think ego wise, those things are hard. I think about it all the time with things that I do. Like I hope people know that. And then you're like, you got to just kind of do what you do. And the story, yeah. it's, it's all out there. Is that it? What's it like for you being the child of someone who had a bond with so many of your colleagues? I mean, like he's your dad, but he was a father figure to practically everybody in that locker room. It
3: seems it's it's something I didn't get adjusted to, adjusted to till recently. I even I remember speaking to Triple H about this like last week. I don't know if I got adjusted till till just. When coming back at the Rumble, almost. Um, the reason being is, yeah, he was, he was my father, and I was his biggest fan, and we talked about wrestling all the time, but he didn't train me. Uh, he did give me two bumps when I was 15 years old, a hip toss and a body slam, to let me know how the ring felt, and it felt bad. And after that, he let someone else train me, sent me to Florida a little bit, and then I went to Ohio Valley Wrestling, of course. Who was the first person he sent you to? The first person? people he sent me to were this these guys people who follow TNA will know them it was a Bruno and Tilly are their names okay. and uh huge I think Tilly's the big one like 400 okay. I remember at my first week which was like get ready for OVW week he gave me a leg drop off the top rope that I thought would decapitate me it didn't it was uh, he was a pro um <laughs> But yeah, he, he sent me all around, different, different places. And at Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling, which was his office, he wouldn't let me have a full match with the training group. It was a lot of power plant guys like Ray Lloyd. But as soon as the door shut, those guys were really cool But all right, Cody, get in here. All right, all right, we're going to call it you as you go. If your dad comes in, just keep hitting the ropes. Because I was allowed to hit the ropes, but I wasn't allowed to have a full match. So they were in on the bit with me. I'd be in there. <laughs> getting a match called to me at 15 years old while I was still in my amateur wrestling season. Uh, but again, he stepped out. Then I got called up to raw in 2007 and he was on the writing team and he stepped out uh, and he told Arn Anderson and Ed Kosky and a few people like, Hey, you know, look out, for, look out for him. Arn particularly. And Arne took it in a deliberate, like, I'm going to be really hard on him uh, since, which I now really greatly respect. Uh, didn't know at the time. But th- that meant, like, to your point, I never got these big conversations about what it's going to be like under the lights at Raw, what it's going to be like when you do this thing with Rey Mysterio, and even when he would come in for little pieces with me, whether it was a thing I did with Ray in Sacramento or whether it was as far as the battleground stuff with me and Dustin, he never divulged. I just got to watch him perform. He never talked. Why not? Why? Why did he
1: UBS Arena, Hold On, Sexy Red, French Montana, DeVito, Roller Brook. Cash Cobain, Bass Swag, Doja Cat, Honey Baby, 5 Fari. 4 41 Rich, Jet Carter, Tata, Chef G is home, baby, Sleepy Hollow, Connie Diamond, 310 Baby, Celebrity Host, Ice Spice and A Boogie, Big Daddy Kane will be celebrating the life of the finisher, Mr. C, Mr. C, Step Swimming, Jadakiss. EPMD, Eric B and Rakim, Method Yours truly, the curator, the lit digital DJ Funk Flex on the set. Hosted by Nessa, Ebro, Peter Rosenberg, and Laura Stow. 30th anniversary of Summer Jam. 30% off right now. This offer ends at midnight on Sunday. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Oh, you thought we wasn't going to get in right?
0: He's on fire.
3: I think, you know, Paul Heyman will tell you because maybe he didn't think I was ready. And Paul Heyman... Always has also said that he treated me like I was the daughter of the family. Very proud, his pride and joy, but also maybe didn't look at in a sense that I was going to move forward in the wrestling space. Right. I think it was just because he he never wanted to have a bad discussion with me. He, never wa- he, he wanted to be proud of me, support me, but he never wanted to have a real talk about wrestling because it is a, hey, getting into pro wrestling, getting into sports entertainment this day is so easy making it making it financially and on screen from an optic standpoint and everything making it is I mean almost impossible getting out of the lower to the middle card and maybe maybe he was I think he had all the confidence in the world in me but I just think he wanted me to do it totally on my own which is funny because I mentioned him so much in these interviews and stuff and there is a side of the audience that's like why is he always talking about his his dad and uh, it's 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 hard during this run to WrestleMania to not talk about him because the specifics of getting this title that he never got is also shouldered with what I just told you about trying to kind of vindicate this legacy and career he had. But I mean, really, really to summarize, it almost felt like he was creating these opponents. Like I look at Seth, I'm like, this guy was built partially by my dad and it's my job to beat him. That's a weird, that's like playing on the other. So your dad's the head coach yes. and you're the quarterback on the other team. Correct. It's an odd, odd dynamic. But again, also the secret of being a second or third generation is really simply you love them, you're proud of them, but you don't want to be them. You want to be better than them. And when you say that out loud, people are like, oh, what a what a jerk. Like, how's he going to be better than Dusty Rhodes? Or how's Ashley going to be ready to, you know, better than Ric Flair? Well, we don't grow up just, hey, we're just going to be them. You want to be better that's that's the hardest thing to tell somebody and I think that's maybe why we never really became a student and a teacher because he knew I was trying to come up and be better he knew I was trying to replace the older lion and as strange as that is finally adjusted to it I suppose did did your brother get a different version (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm uh, I'm real excited because A uh, and E is doing this documentary on Dusty. Yeah, uh, I believe it comes out the gosh, I think Dusty is airs the week before mania. OK, and it's told through the eyes of his four children. So my sister Teal, my half sister Kristen and my half, you know, Dustin vastly different. And um, the hardest thing about it. And I, I was the executive producer on the documentary and I really wanted to be fair to everybody the hardest thing about it is there's an interview he did about two weeks before he passed that I'd never seen. Oh, wow. And he really owns the first part of his life. You know, the second part of his life was my part. It was great. Never missed a wrestling match, was the ultimate team dad, uh, did everything I could. And like, you know, never gave me those hard conversations, just believed in me fully. Dustin and Kristen had a different life. And to see that and see how we kind of have all come together. It's a very unique way to tell the story. I didn't agree with the way the story was being told until I saw the first cut of it, and thought, "Yep,
2: that's, that's it.
3: this is how it should so be."
2: You, so you guys, so you, you you had that essential that this is a very common experience. The first marriage, first set of kids yeah. didn't get it right. Second time around, knew how to be a dad. Um, yeah, just a different experience. I mean, this, that's a, that's a kind of a story old as time. Um, a lot of dudes, yeah. they get into it the first time thinking they're ready to be a dad and lo and behold, they're not. Yeah. Um, mm. did your, what kind of role did Dustin play in your life as a kid? Did he, and, and did he train you at all as well? Would nope. He <laughs> gave you zero. Yeah.
3: Uh, I mean, he always was, he was more helpful as far as we would get in the ring together. And he actually came to my amateur wrestling practices and he'd wrestle with me on the mat which was fun because we'd really go at it. And I was we did not have a childhood together, so that was unique. How much old was he? 16 years. Wow. Um, but Dustin, I don't give Dustin enough credit as far as how important Dustin was to me growing up. And, and how I know how important he was was I'd go to the Omni shows in Atlanta and Dustin would go out maybe to wrestle Stunning Steve Austin uh, or, uh, you know, Brad Armstrong. And he got what, you know, they don't exist anymore really, or maybe they do. He got what we used to call a chick pop, where all the women would just go nuts over him. And he was also so tall. And I thought, I w- I remember being there and thinking, yeah, I came here for Sting, but that's my favorite wrestler. You know, it was my brother. And uh, I don't I don't ever you know talk to him about that, or I never really told him that I have now. You know, but again, it's how brothers talk. You don't want to get on that emotional level. But I don't give him enough credit as somebody, even as a teenager, when Goldust was happening. Um, I was a bit of an old soul. I had figured out this. I wasn't, it didn't shock me. I get what he was trying to do, entertain people. And maybe he was the bad guy in the entertainment segment. But, uh, yeah, I, I, he's one of my favorite wrestlers and I don't give him enough credit. And then having been in the ring with him when we tagged together or when we wrestled one another, he is one of, uh, top five that I've ever touched. In terms of how quick he is in terms of his uh his general communication in terms of his conditioning and he's 50 50- something years old that's crazy yeah i always tell him he I- still
2: doesn't look like he's taken that you know that yeah. old man slow down like i haven't seen it yet from him no he still looks like him
3: he hits the ropes like luke gallows hits the ropes where you can hear the ping yeah. you know uh and he doesn't have a saddle walk he's also not doing two hours of prep work before you go out there to bring himself back. He's just a great athlete. He got a lot of that athleticism from Dusty. People don't realize how good of an athlete Dusty was because he looked the way he looked, Uh, especially on the basketball court or on the baseball field. Um, Yeah, so he's a... Dustin's one of my favorite wrestlers. Doesn't get enough credit. Uh, Very, very proud of him. And also proud... His daughter, Dakota, is a photographer in wrestling now. And I feel like that's... I'm just happy, you know, the industry continues to, you know, whatever they choose to do. All these grandkids and my own daughter now, whatever we, they choose to do. But I'm not going to look at the the business as a bad place. It's a good place. How do you
2: reconcile the sort of weird relationship between WWE and your dad? Be- it's mm. like, it's mm. very confusing. Yeah. You know, like in one sense, he's so revered and treated with such unbelievable respect like, up there among the most respected names, I believe, ever in the company when you hear about the Pat Pattersons, it's yeah. a, you hear Dusty Rhodes. Like, his name really garners that kind of respect. But at the same time, you hear the stories that, the, the, the you know, Virgil was a rib on your yeah. dad and um, the African dream, all these different things. I it's – I just find it very confusing. And
3: I imagine that you must have found it somewhat confusing too. So one of the things, again, not to just—I'm—I'm I'm so proud of this this documentary. One of the things I was told as a kid was that right after you know we're right down the street. We're talking about March 12th, the Garden, and right after these Garden shows with Superstar Billy Graham, that Vince McMahon wanted to use Dusty and Superstar for his expansion, his expansion that would become what we know as far as where we work and all the biggest global. Sports, entertainment, wrestling, and an entity on the planet by far. But they had they had booked like recording studio time. They were going to make an album. This is, again, before oh, rock yeah, yeah. and wrestling. But Vince had these ideas of reaching out beyond oh. pro wrestling. And I'll tell you, as a kid hearing that story from Dusty, I didn't believe it. I thought it was, you know, I'm watching VHSs of Coliseum Video, Hulk Hogan, and Ultimate Warrior. And I thought it was his way of catching up to like, hey, I was really – special too i was really good too and he didn't need to do that but i everyone's got an ego come to find out one day i'm sitting by the ring this is before i left i was still doing stardust and vince told me the exact story how mad he was that dad left and he was going to give him the whole world and he wanted him to be the hogan and and all this and then i remember my dad telling me about how hogan used to come to championship wrestling from florida and watch him and revered him and it just sounded like oh you're just trying to kind of Chase that. And I heard it
2: from Vince. And then
3: I heard it from Vince. And then I heard it from Hogan. And then I heard it from Bruce Pritchard. And again, it was something I was like, we I hope we cover this on the documentary because I consider Dusty Rhodes a Mount Rushmore guy, and not because he's my dad. If it's my if his son Mount Rushmore, I'm putting just four Dusties, right? But I consider him that from the industry perspective. Uh closed circuit becoming pay-per-view, the big event, uh, the idea of the sizzle, uh, matching the substance to a degree especially with what him and superstar did in the garden that's why the garden is so dang special to me um but this this was a very help it was great to get this part of the story out there and to hear it from bruce as well and then again like you say he comes in he's past his prime and to hear this word, well now we've got him him in the polka dots and they do the whole thing and blah blah it's by the way still turned out i
2: just do want to say we always kind of like yeah the whole common man song is awesome, and so there good. was really great stuff that happened there too. But yeah. you can't help but look at it, so that's interesting. And so, so Vince felt spurned by
3: Dusty. Yeah, and 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 then he—I don't believe he took it out on him. And if you hear it from Vince himself, he just thought he was past his prime. Let's do some fun stuff. Got it. But when I try to t- when I try to tell fans that the polka dots wasn't a rib, they—it's one of those things where they they will argue with me on it. <laughs> and. I don't want to argue about this stuff. Like, right. I, I, Hey, wh- however you feel in the past, I tried to argue it. No, it wasn't a rib. It was, you know, he was a bit older. He's past his prime. Let's have some fun. The only thing I can offer a substance that it wasn't a rib is he was in major rivalries. Ted DiBiase, Macho, Macho King yeah. at WrestleMania, bringing Liz back to the rig, uh, Big Boss Man. I mean, he was in major rivalries for the tiny amount of time he was there. He was prominent the whole time he was there. He was prominent the whole time he was there. He was on before intermission or on last, depending on where Hogan wanted to go on the card. He he made them, you know, my mom will tell you. Now the secret of our finances is slightly more out on the surface because of my myself but my mom will tell you is also where he made the most money he'd ever made in his career and prior to that he had been executive producer and a top talent with the nwa so i just i don't mind when people are like oh they just they don't love the roads i like the narrative about the mcmahon's maybe pushing the roads a bit it's a fun narrative well and it could lead to a really fun story if you want to tell it okay. it also there also might be some truth in it you know right Vin- sure. there might be Vince is this adonis and in the terms of the physique and what he wanted maybe we don't check his box however we still all come together with these random royal families of wrestling, and we still offer what we offer. And uh, I want to just make it make it clear how high up uh, we are on the list. I get the opportunity opportunity to do this at WrestleMania.
2: So, March twelfth, you'll be at the Garden, mm-hmm. and the Garden's an interesting place. I don't know if this this is something you've watched recently, but do you, your dad and Roman's dad had two matches at the Garden.
3: I've been told. I actually, if you're about to tell me this, I. I feel bad. I don't know this, so I
2: figured you might not. So my okay. shout out to my friend Brian Mann. Um, I know Brian Mann. Yeah, I think you do. He, he, you were actually in the same kindergarten, not the same classroom, but the same school. But you didn't know him then.
3: Which one, Lovejoy or Garrison Mill? Because I think, I, I think Garrison. I, Garrison Mill. I doubled up at kindergarten. Folks, he was an old, <laughs> an older kid.
2: But he did. Uh, Brian recently did the video. He did an awesome job. He made a video of um, your story with. He has a YouTube channel called Outside Interference. Got it. And I'm trying to remember which story of yours he told on there, but it was phenomenally done, one of your AEW stories. Anyways, he he told me yesterday, because he's working on potentially a new one, he said, did you know that Cody's dad and Sika had two matches at the Garden? Mm. One was a six-man and one was a tag. Um, So there is some history there with your dads
3: also, um, which I thought was a pretty cool twist too.
2: And they're on YouTube. At least one of them is
3: findable. I mean the the ultimate question is what was the what was the finish?
2: Right, no, I, I don't know the finish yet. I mean, if I'd really been a professional, and done my research, Greg, can you help? Us find it, out? It's almost
3: better to not know. To just, of course, I I knew they interacted. Of course that, and and something too about my dad was he was really big when we were at wrestling events or we were backstage, um, or if I was going to be backstage or if I was watching somebody that had legacy in the business. Like I remember I watched. Road dog on raw and he explained to me who he was mm-hmm. he had that he had been in the you know, Marines He gave me a story without a story that no fan would know watching and then ultimately they would cover it on raw as well But he was really big about just the Samoans in general when we'd see him in the green room at WrestleMania or anything Watching them interact was very fun. There was a l- layer of respect That was really special Um, It's one of the reasons, like, I won't sit down until Undertaker sits down. I won't break a handshake with The rock until he breaks it. Um, (laughs) These guys, I tell my kids at the Nightmare Factory this. The business doesn't move forward without them. Like, it isn't just going to be here tomorrow. You have to continuously make it here tomorrow. And without what, you know... All of uh, Roman's family did, and what my family did, and, and these these greats. It doesn't move forward, so it's really wild looking at the WrestleMania poster and seeing a Rhodes, a Flair. It's just—it's pretty cool. It's pretty—it's pretty unique.
2: Um, can you? I like sometimes. I got to tell you, I sometimes can't. The last time I did an interview with you in your WWE days was you did Cheap Heat with Stardust. me and Shoemaker as Stardust. Yeah, and. You were very funny, and you stayed in character the entire interview. Um, we still have drops that we have of that we play of you saying my name. You're really funny and entertaining, but at the same time, would I have been able to guess like, oh, time's going to come when he's going to leave and he's going to come back, and when he comes back, he's going to get the ultimate treatment, the number one guy treatment. I mean, your return at Mania was. An absurd return, I, I would yeah. have to think and count on one hand returns that I can recall being that way, yeah. and immediately are the number one good guy on raw like uh, uh, th- there's a woman who's uh, who's helping me out in our, who's helping me and my fiance out at home clean the clean the apartment this weekend, and her husband told me, Oh, you know my, my wife's a uh, arrest he saw you he goes i didn't know i didn't know you do SmackDown TV. i said i said uh, yeah i do i do w w e and I saw her, and I said. I said I'm going to be interviewing Cody Rhodes tomorrow. She was like, "Oh my Aww. god!" You know, and and she was like, "Cody Rhodes." And I have to tell you, I'm like, mm. I don't know that I pictured a time where a random, you know, fifty something, sixty something year old lady would go, "Oh my god, Cody Rhodes!" You didn't
3: oh. see it coming. When I you were did, doing you, when did, you, news. did you always
2: know that that would happen eventually?
3: One of the reasons people, I think, again, the polka dots is not unlike Stardust. Where I, if I try to explain, Stardust is like a Facebook status. It's complicated. There were things about it I really did love, but then there were things about it that hurt so much. And one of the reasons I always did everything in full gimmick—I was not able to do it halfway. I would have broke doing it. I, okay, if we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. I was wearing my knee pads for that interview. Um, at six, <laughs> like I had to be fully uh, in it and fully committed to it, but one of the things that was on the negative side of it is it made me not see things that were coming. As a kid all I ever wanted was the the top position, the franchise spot, uh to win the championship that my dad never won and uh all of that. But Stardust got me so far away where you start to finally ask yourself, okay. And I have never had one, but what's your plan B? Okay. Uh, can you live with this? Can you live and the answer was no. You know, uh Brandy's told that story about me getting out of the car at the Scran Best Western and throwing a Yoohoo bottle against Rock's face on the side of one of the production trucks. I was just so angry. Um, I couldn't. I like that it was a Yoohoo bottle. Yeah, I don't know why it was a you To this day, I'm like, I don't drink a lot of Yoohoo, but <laughs> maybe it was just one of those road trips where there wasn't a lot of options. Um... <laughs>
1: UBS Arena, Hold On, Sexy Red, French Montana, DeVito, Roller Brooke, Cash, Cobain, Bass, Swag, Doja Cat, Honey Baby, Fabio foreign 41, 41 Rich, Jet Carter, Tata, Chef G is home, baby, Sleepy Hollow, Connie Diamond, 310 Baby, Celebrity Host, Ice Spice and A Boogie, Big Daddy Kane will be celebrating the life of the finisher, Mr. C, Mr. C, Step Swimming, Jadakiss, EPMD, Eric B and Rakim, Method Man
3: All, you know, confidence in the world and, and and I didn't see it coming either. But that's really what my career has become. And it all three times we've talked, I feel like that's an important thing is especially, you know, I'm looking at potentially wrestling Roman Reigns at WrestleMania or Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Sami Zayn seems so improbable. But my career has really been a story of the improbable. Okay, how can Stardust uh, be the guy to go and be part of this work rate group in the bullet club in Japan, or how can he ascend to the top of that? Oh, can they get 10,000 seats without a machine behind them? Yep, they can. Oh, can they get this alternative on another television? Yep, they can. That's really the number one thing in my playbook is being when people bet against and when the goalposts move. So no, I didn't see it. Um, it's like a light bulb went off at the Royal Rumble, particularly. I was telling my buddy this the other day. I don't want to take this for granted, but I, w- I came to the live events um, last week, Columbus, Pensacola. I love being on the live events, by the way. if you can, The Garden is a live event. If you come to the live Those events, so good. you get a different you it's get a different. different vibe from me as well. And yeah. I looked out, and it was just three rows deep of these nightmare family weight belts, these little plushies, and... I, I remember telling him and I'd only ever seen that for two guys, Roman and and John, and I was saying like, hey, if it was just one weekend, it was the best weekend ever. But how how what's happening here? Why is this happening? And why is it happening now? You, you know, I'm I'm in the entering the prime of my career, but I've been doing this for a minute too. What was the holdup? And I I guess I just chalk it up to in the Rumbles where the light bulb went off for me. I feel like I have found myself. I probably said this before in an interview, too, where, hey, I found myself. I know I am. <laughs> right,
2: No, no, but it's different. It, it can hit different.
3: I feel like I found myself, and it's a really calm place to be in when you've found, like, no, this is what I do. Uh, i not the best at this. I've tried it. That's how I know. But this is what I do, and this is what I can offer, particularly to Monday Night Raw. But that was just, again, when we spoke, I remember that interview pretty vividly um, I remember that whole morning because it was six a.m. Yes, it's, it's a nightmare. Yeah, ra- uh, Radio Row at uh, at Mania, right? Is what yes. it was. It's um, so
2: funny that used to be my favorite thing to do. Yeah, and now that I uh, have been fortunate enough to do the kickoff shows, and I don't really do radio anymore, yeah. I like I also don't miss it because it's so early. It's such an awkward time to have to interview someone. It's like
3: six twenty a.m. I think it's too, it's awkward, too. Like, it's great to interview all the talent about WrestleMania, but it's hard when you're not on WrestleMania, you know? Well, yeah,
2: you get people sometimes like, I don't know what to talk about. Today. Yeah, it's... it's
3: uh, they may be bummed
2: out. It, like, there are people who are bummed out who are there. Oh,
3: of course. It's Imagine... This is, we just had the Super Bowl. WrestleMania is the Super Bowl for us. If you're not playing in the game.
2: Yeah, doing media is not as fun. It's
3: not. It's 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 honestly almost not fun because, I mean, but it's a great learning lesson. Okay, how do I help out my peers? What can I do? But, you know, you don't always think that way. Uh, no, of course yeah, not. Yeah. Um,
2: you 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 mentioned the goalposts moving a bit, and I think they did. This is something we've talked about a lot on the show, um, and I'm sure you've heard this conversation. Two things. One, you talked about you could be facing Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. I feel like in many ways you're facing Sami Zayn no matter what. That's probably. Because (laughs) the whole thing is how can can Cody make people care as much about him as they care about Sami Zayn, which has been – I think all would agree, one of the most fun storylines in recent memory that we can yeah. recall. It's been, I mean, Montreal this weekend is going to be mm-hmm. kind of, I think, up there for, you know, best, you think Canadian stampede, uh, you think Money in the Bank in Chicago. Chicago is what I was so, thinking yeah, of, yeah, like, yeah. This is going to be special. So is, does it feel unfair, though, that now that has kind of been thrown
3: in no. the mix, too? No, because it's like you said, it's another goalpost. Also, I really like Sammy, and I really respect him, and for... I feel like two years, maybe less, people have been wanting these viable contenders to dethrone the greatest champion of our era, and it never seemed like there was one. Now you have two options, and the way I look at it is give them everything. And the way you give them everything is Sammy's wrestling at the Elimination Chamber in his hometown against Roman, and then right now me and Roman are – if he Roman moves on from that, we're wrestling at WrestleMania at the biggest WrestleMania of all time. Again, the odds are I'd say you, you don't want to bet against Roman Reigns, but there are a lot of odds in the favor of Sami Zayn. I have no I've been I have been wondering this on the media day to day if people ask me who would you rather? I don't have a who would you rather. I don't. I I punched my ticket, and I can't apologize for that. That's what I say to any of people who are, um, I guess maybe more pro Sammy than pro Cody, but I I like I like it all. And if uh, if I get there and it is Roman and I'm able to get past the mound, then Sammy's going to be one of the first guys I have to look look at in general. But I'm just happy the options are there. There were no options.
2: You couldn't think of anyone viable,
3: right? Really. Now there's more options. And again, like you mentioned, the goalposts—that's my whole career, man. That's my whole – oh, okay. Well, they can get this. He got this, but he's not going to get this next piece. Well, I got the next piece. Okay. Let me ask you one more question
2: about the rumble and getting there. Here was my one concern. It's been a yeah. major point of contention on the show, and I'm sure you've heard this too. I can't wait. I wrote you, and yeah. I said, really, no oh, surprise? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I didn't like – I didn't want the promo for your turn. Sure. I wanted the surprise. Yes, everyone kind of would have expected yeah. it, but I, I, I'm one of those people who lives for the surprise pop at the rumble, and yeah. I, I just kind of wanted it. So I asked you. I was like, oh, no surprise then you're number 30. Yeah. Then you win the rumble. Yeah. So you got sort of the trifecta of as a fan you kind of have an expectation that this guy is going to WrestleMania. Sure. Do you in any see that do you in any way see that as a hindrance or am I overreacting? Like when no. I said I was like, "Oh, this might be making it harder for him by giving us the promo. Number 30 winning is it too much?"
3: I think that's a great point of uh, contention to your point and really up to the fans to decide the way I look at it is this I want fans to know when I again forever it was I'm going to do this no he can't do this I'm going to do this no they can't do this I'm telling you now this time this is what I'm going to do I'm telling you Joe name of style I'm (laughs) calling I'm calling the shot and I think there's something that I do like, I really didn't have an opinion on whether it should be a surprise or not, but I do think there's something about, especially as a character that is being received positively and warmly. Hey, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do and you're, you're going to take the ride with me. But what I'm saying is going to happen. And I think there's something powerful in that messaging. Again, it's up to fans. Oh, he should have been a surprise and maybe it would have been a different if it was a surprise or number 30, not number one. I mean, again, it's uh. For me, what I think is powerful is calling it and and actually executing it. Now, I don't know if that luck runs out on me because I'm here I am calling what's going to happen at WrestleMania. But for me, at this point in my career, entering the prime of my career, having the best education of any wrestler or superstar in the business and finally being able to cash in all those points, I'm confident in calling it. And I hope people can – I hope fans of mine and critics as well can go, okay. Well, let let me watch. I'm going to follow this, and I think just having seen those live events and seeing some of the metrics, as far as uh, I'm concerned on the shows, I'm. Uh, it seems like people are vibing with it. There is a there's a it's a discussion. Yeah, but a discussion's the best. It's, well, no, uh, and you also yeah. had last week. So, if there are people
2: like me who are like, I don't know, is it being too yeah. force fed? then you all of a sudden have this moment with Paul last week mm. and you get the story now we know what the story is like the, it, you guys did such a beautiful job telling us a story yeah i wasn't even thinking about the history <laughs> between the two families yeah and of course paul is is paul so i mean he he did and he did great work with sammy then on friday as well um he's amazing
3: yeah you're in a pretty good spot with who you're well working with too one of the things i, I about the interview i'm glad people it was one of those where I didn't really look at it as an interview or, you know, I see some of the, I see all the discussion. We, How can you not? Um, but all I really wanted was whether it be on screen or behind the scenes, whatever. All I really wanted was him to hear the version from me because that was very sincere. And that changes a kid at that impressionable age where you're counting your Okay, this person's an ally. This person's an enemy. Whatever you know, I am gonna, I am gonna get this guy. I am gonna take care of this guy. I wanted him to hear the story because I know we're going to war. I know that that, that, that there is nothing that that Paul Heyman isn't gonna say or do. I mean, as you as as we saw and found out, but I wanted before all that, like the respect is still there. He's still Mister Heyman to me, and he will remain that. I just cannot repay that. However, the best way to honor Mister Heyman, the best way to do that is to beat his boy is 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 again it's like honoring being a second or third generation great they're amazing and you do their moves and the crowd reacts but that reaction's really not for you as much as it's for them it's okay to sprinkle that in but you also have to he said the most important thing in that interview that i took and it wasn't the last line it was when he said this is about you and i i took that as very much it 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 has to be because he's you know Old man's not here with me, brother's not here with me. It is just me. I'm the island of one uh, against this island of relevancy. And that was a very nice thing to hear in a contentious interview segment that I'm glad people enjoyed. But also to your point, just from watching the show, I do think there's more layers. Enjoy everything that's happening with Sammy, And if Sammy is my opponent at WrestleMania, don't be surprised.
2: Um, Now, as we get close to WrestleMania here, and he's got his whole bloodline, I mean,
3: are we going to get Brandy, the baby, the the husky? (laughs) I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, Pharaoh, my husky is like twelve years old. He was in the 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 videos to come Pharaoh's back. Twelve. He's twelve.
2: Yeah, my boy's twelve too.
3: He's just an old man dog now. Uh, he really is just he, is. He still doing pretty good. Yeah, he's really spry for twelve. So, so is mine. And it's like that. the worst.
2: You like, you want to enjoy it, but you keep like waiting for yeah. it to turn.
3: You yeah, the like, best. The best thing is don't wait because I know, just like, these dogs are living in like 16, 17 now. Versus, so you don't want to waste five years yeah.
2: being waiting for something bad. Yeah. No. You, I know I I know because when I see you on social, I know like me, you, you love your oh, dog. Oh, Pharaoh's
3: my guy. He was he's he's just my we're very bonded with one another, and now he's very bonded with Liberty. Uh as far as he she kind of just puts his, her hand on his back and mm. that's how she walks around the house and he's there with her every step of the way. Uh as far as Brandy's concerned, you know, uh I I I never know. We we always I like my dad, when Brandy got in, I went <whistles> You gotta do your own thing and, and 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 be your own self and I'm so proud. When I talk about what we built, there's a reason why I name everybody in it. You know, without Matt, Nick, Kenny, Tony, Bernie, Brandy, Dana, it would have never happened. All those names have to be included because it was so fragile. So fragile. And I'm so proud of what she did and her, her contributions to it. If uh I'm Roman Reigns, I'm not necessarily scared of Brandy Rhodes, but if I'm Mr. Heyman, I would be scared of uh, <laughs> of a potential uh, of what could happen. But she's really enjoying watching this and my whole family, um, not that they've come out of the woodwork, they've always been big supporters, but I'm very uh, for mania because I've never been in this situation before. I've gotten everything really organized in advance. Okay, everyone's got their rooms. Okay, there's a big family dinner, even if I can't make it. I want you guys to be together, Brandy's family and my family, just because... The last time it was like this was 2007 when my dad went into the Hall of Fame. And then my journey started, and it's different. So you don't want to take it for granted. Would I love to be on top and punch the ticket again at Liberty Financial in Philly, one of my favorite wrestling towns? And if you're from Philly, you know why, because of Money in the Bank, where everyone decided to choose me for this loser's club, Money in the Bank, that they called it internally, which was ugh. But um, I may not. You know, you, you never know. Again, we, it was hard to call with Stardust. It's hard to call what happens in this room now, where we're going to be next. That's the beauty of what we do. Our last and hardest question. Oh, sure. Why, why, why go Why go with the full neck tattoo? <laughs> it's a. I, I don't know if this is a good answer, but it's the true answer. I, again, it comes back to rock in this weird way. I loved the American Nightmare logo. As soon as it was out, Ryan Barkin, one of his artists, had put it together. I bought it up. I was like, I got to have that." That's that's it. You know, like I said, I, I found myself. Right? right, right. I said, that's it. And you can change it and you can put different state flags and country flags, blah, blah, all this good stuff. But I really wanted, uh, I was watching Conor McGregor. He had that big chest tattoo. and I thought I'd really like this iconic piece of ink and I don't even like tattoos. The one on my chest is for my dad. It's like an emotional tattoo. I said, I really want this. I said, maybe the chest. Said, no, he's got it on the chest. Well, maybe the arm. No, but Rock's got it on the arm. Rock's everything on the arm. And I didn't want to be ashamed. But originally
2: it was just the Brahma Bull. Right, right? exactly, the, the bull. Thing, yeah.
3: Which, by the way, a fun fact, Sean Spears has a Brahma Bull there that he had to put a panther on top of when he got into the business. So if you ever look deep into the panther, if the panther's still even there, it's one of my favorite people. He's the godfather of liberty, wonderful guy. Didn't mean to oust him. But... um I wanted this brand and I didn't want to be ashamed of it. And I'm certainly not because it sits on my neck. And that was where I, I chose and I told everybody in advance. I was like, just you guys know I'm gonna to I'm coming to this pay per view with this the tattoo's gonna be on. I'm getting it two days before the pay per view. I'm gonna wear a scarf at this press conference today. I'm I'm just getting it done. And uh, I don't think anyone believed me. And then it and then I, I I had it and everyone's like, Well, expand it. Go down your arm now. I don't think I'm ever gonna This is it. This is it. And how I, does Brandy feel about it? this? Is the most important question. Let's be honest. Um, I think initially she made some jokes about it online. She kind of played it by like, hey, the you know, wrestling world is really poking fun at it, so she'll poke fun <laughs> at it too. Right. Uh, she, I don't think she really has an opinion. And I always wear a suit, anyways. Well, that's what makes it look unique, though.
2: And, and I is think, that you're one of the best put together guys? So it's an interesting look to then have like a yeah. very noticeable neck tattoo.
3: I, I, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I I really love it. And the more time that goes by, I love it. I I joke it's a little bit bigger than I thought it would be for sure. (laughs) But it's just become part of, it was jarring, sure, to see it at first, but it's become part of what the American Nightmare really is as we developed it. Because when I came back, I had this wonderful return. Nothing's changed.
2: Did Vince Vince didn't say anything about it?
3: No, there is a fun moment where I had such a great conversation with him. If I had not decided to come back, I still walked out of that meeting with him feeling really good. I bought him. I, I brought him the old WWF title to show him because wow. I have it. You know, Dan Lambert gave it to me and uh, for free, shockingly. But uh, he he just made a comment. He goes, "You know, we could we have the best artist and creative services department in the world. We could come up with some new logos for you." And I remember I just leaned in and kind of went like that and showed him. And he just did one of those classic laughs. Like, oh, never mind. It's it's that's it. That's it. So that's you know he he knew we really can't change it at this point. This this is what it is and. He said something really great to me that day. I was really, you know, I stood my ground. I said, I don't want to change a thing about myself, include my song. Uh, I want to have my elevator. I want all this. And he said something. He goes, well, it's, that's what we're buying. It's not broke. And I thought, that feels good. Wow. Because I hadn't figured it out when I was here the first time. Everything was broke. And uh, that was a nice feeling. Cody, thank you so much for stopping by, man. Oh, thank you very much. Man. The great Cody Rhodes.
2: What's
0: up? It's your girl Billy B, uh, straight out of Brooklyn. Check out my uh, episode of Four Minutes of Fire. Four Minutes of Fire. Okay. New music premiered every month on the fourth. Billy. Love, love. Roses are red, bitch. I'm Big Billy Blue. I be on my shit. Give a fuck about you. Watch how I move. Got these bitches confused. They can't step how I step. They can't do what I do. Riding my dick but you, women making payments. Four Sixes. Minutes if of Fire.
1: A Hot 97 Podcast. June 2nd, UBS Arena, Hold On, Sexy Red, French Montana, DeVito, Roller Brooke, Cash, Cobain, Bass, Swag, Doja Cat, Honey Baby, 5-0-4, 41 Rich, Jet Carter, Tata, Chef G is home, baby, Sleepy Hollow, Connie Diamond, 310 Baby, Celebrity Host, Ice Spice and A Boogie, celebrating the life of the finisher, Mr. C. Mr. C, step swimming. Jade EPMD, Eric B and Rakim, Method Man and Redman, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Yours truly, the curator, the lit digital DJ, Funk Flex on the set. Hosted by Nessa, Ebro, Peter Rosenberg, and Laura Stow. 30th anniversary of Summer Jam. 30% off right now. This offer ends at midnight on Sunday.
3: At ticketmaster.com! Oh you thought we wasn't gonna get in right? He, he's on fire! Fire! He's on fire.